0: On today's episode, the Chicago Blackhawks fell 3 to nothing in both of their preseason games over the weekend. I'll go over what went wrong in each game. I also have a couple of injury updates that I'll provide as well. And then to wrap things up, I'll discuss Kevin Korczynski and Samuel Savoy getting sent back to their junior teams earlier this morning. All that and plenty more right here on Lockdown Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Monday, October 3rd. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode and you like what you're hearing, then please be sure to go and show some support first by following the podcast, rate the show with five stars as well, and if you're listening through Apple Podcasts or through Spotify, Then you can also go and leave me a review. And the best part about it all, folks, is that it's a hundred percent for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast. Go and follow the show right now, and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. If you're not already watching the video version of today's episode, then you got to be sure to go and check out Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube because every episode moving forward is going to have a video uploaded to YouTube as well. So you haven't done so yet please 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 go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube I would greatly greatly appreciate all the support that I can give folks also go and smash the like button down below for me as well and comment as to whether or not you think Blackhawks prospect Lucas Reichel will make the opening night roster and last go and ring the bell turn on those push notifications in that way you can get notified when the episode gets uploaded to YouTube each and every day. All right. Good morning, everyone. Thank you all for tuning into another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And thank you all for making the show your first listen here to start off your day. Happy Monday, everyone. Hope everyone's in a good mood here to start off the week. Hope everyone had a lovely weekend. And real quick, before I get into the good stuff on the show, I wanted to let all of you know about the schedule That we will be rolling with here on Lockdown Blackhawks this season. I know that I haven't been the best about consistently releasing episodes at the same time every day or anything about that. And I apologize for that, but that's going to change starting this year on Lockdown Blackhawks. So every Monday, the show is going to come out between 11 o'clock and noon, sometime around there. Mondays, they're going to, episodes are going to come out a little later, but every other episode. Throughout the week, obviously, this is a Monday through Friday show. Sometimes I'll sprinkle out some Saturday special episodes, depending on the circumstances. But Tuesday through Friday, those shows will be released by 8 a.m. Central Time. And if there's a game the night before, then it's probably going to be released a little bit earlier, honestly, because I want to make sure that, you know, for the working folk out there, I know a lot of the listeners tune into the show on their commutes to work or, You know the train ride, whatever it may be, I want to make sure that I get the episode out to all of you while you're going through that commute to work. And I want to make sure you're all caught up on a day-to-day basis on what's going on with the Chicago Blackhawks. So there's a schedule that I will be rolling with for this season. Every Monday, the episode will be coming out around 11, 1130. It's 1030 at the time of this recording. So I'll probably have the episode out in about an hour here. But then every day throughout the rest of the week, the episode will be out by 8, p- 8 a.m. Central Time. And again, if there's a game the night before, then I'll try to have the episode out even earlier that follow that following morning. So um, there's a schedule that I'm going to be going with this year, folks. And once again, if you're not uh, already, make sure to go and follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. It's 100% for free. Also, go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube if you haven't done so already. And make sure to go and show some support on all of our channels on social media because this is going to be a massive year for the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. And uh, I want to make sure all of you are following along throughout the ride of the regular season because there is going to be. Uh, lots of peaks, lots of valleys, a lot of moves going on throughout the course of the year, and you can follow along on all of it right here on Lockdown Blackhawks. All right, getting over some of that and getting into some of the Blackhawks stuff on the show here today, folks, the reason why all of you are tuning in, of course. Um, but let's begin with the game that the Blackhawks had on Saturday night against the Detroit Red Wings at the United Center something in my eye here real quick. Apologies for that. Uh, But honestly, folks, going over both of these games here on the show today, there's just not a ton to talk about because, well, the Blackhawks got shut out three to nothing in both and didn't look uh, all that good in either of the two games. But in this one on Saturday, the Hawks offense, I mean, was just completely stymied. Didn't have anything going on all night. They finished with seven shots on goal in each of the three periods, 21 total for the game. It's not the best look for this Blackhawks offense, even though they did have their top line in there, or I guess the second line, however you want to call it. Uh, Jonathan Taves, Taylor Radish, and Tyler Johnson. They were uh, a trio together on Saturday. We saw Lucas Reichel with Philip Kurashev and Dylan Sakura. So a, a decent second line. I still think the Blackhawks should probably give, be giving Lucas Reichel some more adequate line mates, but uh, that's a whole nother conversation. But even with that top six being, you know, not great, but still some offensive minded guys, the Blackhawks just were not able to get anything going offensively. And the real, on, the only real talking point from this game is just how well Alex Stalock looked in net uh, to keep the Blackhawks alive late in this game, because despite the Blackhawks getting outshot. 26-14, to 14, I believe it was, through uh, the opening 40 minutes. Uh, the game was still tied nothing-nothing heading into the second intermission because Alex Staylock was standing on his head out there and we just saw some really good stuff out of Staylock in his first kind of real significant action here during the preseason. He did get half the game during the opener, but this was the first time where it was kind of his start, his opportunity to showcase his stuff. And He did all he could in the opening 40 minutes to keep the Blackhawks alive, but in the third, he could only keep the the door shut for so long. And a couple of costly turnovers by the Blackhawks wound up in the back of their net, and they end up losing this one three to nothing on home ice Saturday night with a pretty good crowd on hand. I might add, I got to give some credit to the Blackhawks faithful uh, to for showing up to the U C and having a pretty good crowd on hand for this one. Unfortunately. The Blackhawks couldn't give them a better effort and they lose three to nothing to the Detroit Red Wings. Before I move on to Sunday's game up in Milwaukee, I did want to add that there was a, an injury update that I have to provide. And this happened to forward Forrest Kachuk, who who is honestly playing like a madman in this game on Saturday. He was all over the ice. The physicality was there. And I think it was just pretty clear that Boris was really trying to, Showcases new stuff to this new coaching staff. Like, sure, he got some NHL action consistently at the end of last year and looked okay on the fourth line with Reese Johnson and Mackenzie Entwhistle. But he's got to show this coaching staff, you know, that he belongs in the NHL. He's really only been an AHLer this far in his career. Former second round pick. This is a massive opportunity for him in Chicago, and I thought he was doing a really good job showcasing his stuff early in this game against the Red Wings. But unfortunately. Horace Kachuk had to exit the game due to a right ankle sprain, and now he is expected to miss four to six weeks. Another tough blow for the Blackhawks NHL roster here in the preseason, and Kachuk, I felt like, I just mentioned how he still had some stuff to prove, but I felt like he was pretty much a lock to make the Blackhawks NHL roster out of camp. Maybe he wouldn't necessarily be in the starting lineup on opening night against the Colorado Avalanche, but he certainly had proven himself to be in the top 14, 15 forwards. But now that he's expected to miss the start of the regular season, there's another spot open up in the Blackhawks bottom six there for someone like Josiah Slavin, I think should be in the mix. Dylan Sakura will probably be in there. And even Cole Gutman, I think he's done enough here in the past couple of weeks to kind of showcase his stuff. And, have the Blackhawks coaching staff believe that he's not too far away and could realistically be closing in on a, an extra forward spot for the Blackhawks roster out of camp. We'll have to see how it all goes the next couple of weeks, but definitely intriguing that uh, another forward spot could be open here with Boris now out for the next four to six weeks. All right, there are my thoughts from the Blackhawks. Three to nothing loss on Saturday night to the Detroit Red Wings. Coming up in just a moment, I will get into their three to no, three to nothing loss to Milwaukee on Sunday night at Pfizer Forum in Milwaukee. But first, I need to talk to you all about Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over four million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. And at Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. I know because I use Simply Safe in my own home. They protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who have your back at all times. And here's why I love it Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors in every room, window, and door, along with HD security cameras for inside and outside your home. It's a smarter way. To detect motion that can only alert you when a threat is real and they even have hazard sensors that instantly detect fires floods and other threats to your home you can also customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash lockdown nhL save 20% on your simply safe security system when you sign up now for an interactive monitoring plan and you can also get your first month free all you have to do is visit simplysafe.com slash lockdown nhl to learn more. There's no safe like simply safe. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Moving on into segment two, let's get into the second of the Blackhawks two three to nothing losses over the weekend. And this one coming to the hands of the Milwaukee or the Milwaukee, the Minnesota Wild up in Milwaukee at Pfizer Forum, as I already mentioned. And aside from the 60 minutes of hockey that the Hawks put up, this looked to be a really fun and well-run and successful event up in Milwaukee. It was the first time in 29 years, believe it or not, that NHL hockey had been back in Milwaukee. And I just thought, you know, I wasn't there, unfortunately, but I did see some stuff from the CHGO Blackhawks guys, from uh, Chris Voster's, Charlie Romeliotis and it looked like you know the fan activities were awesome I saw Jay Zawoski shooting the puck which is just a hilarious image in my mind uh the arena surroundings were cool the food looked awesome the atmosphere I mean it was packed there at Pfizer Forum people certainly showed up in an abundance and it just looked like a good time for everyone who went so kudos to both the Blackhawks the Wild as well uh, along with the NHL for putting together a successful ev- event here at Pfizer forum. And uh, hopefully the Blackhawks will be up there rather sometime rather soon. And your boy can be in attendance because I kind of had FOMO looking at everybody had having fun at this game. Uh, but unfortunately the Blackhawks put up another stinker. Hopefully next time they'll be able to put up a better performance than they did yesterday, because I mean, especially with football on at the same time, like it was just, Hard to watch this Blackhawks game last night, folks. They did have their chances, few and far between, uh, but they did have some looks, although when they did, it, they were just way too passive with the puck on their stick. They were trying to make the perfect play. They got queued out there, and just time after time after time, they refused to shoot the puck in their best opportunities, and a lot of that came from the top line of Andreas Athanasiu, Max Domi, and Patrick Kane. And one thing that's been noticeable so far this preseason, while Domi and Athens, you you know, they have each created plenty of scoring opportunities, feels like they're still deferring to Patrick Kane an awful lot in the offensive zone instead of just trusting their instincts and trusting their skill set and shooting the puck when they get these looks. And this was a topic that was brought up by a lot of the Blackhawks media actually during this game. Um... It's just, it's the one problem with playing with Patrick Kane. Everyone thinks that, you know, he should always be the one having the puck on his stick rather than they have it. Oh, I have Patrick Kane on my line. He's the one that should be touching the puck. Listen, that that's probably the right idea, but you can't be forcing it to him time after time. And you have to realize that you as a player, Andreas Athanasi or Max Domi, you have a huge advantage playing with Patrick Kane because... Not only are you thinking that Kaner should have the puck all the time, but so are the defenders. They're going to be protecting Patrick Kane in the offensive zone. When you have a three-on-two and when you have an odd man situation and a chance to fire the puck at the net, the defenders taking away Patrick Kane, you got to take what's given to you right in front of you and shoot the puck and just play the game of hockey. Stop trying to force the play to 88. Just make the simple play in front of you, and it just feels like, not only last night, but this is something that's gone on for a couple of years now too, even with Dylan Strom and sometimes Alex Debrinkit. It just feels like guys are squeezing their sticks a little too hard when they're playing with Kaner and they just keep trying to force him the puck. And that's something that I think Luke Richardson has to kind of reiterate to these guys. Like, hey, we're putting you with Kaner because we believe in your offensive ability too, not because we think you can get him the puck as much as possible. Like in order for that top line to have the most impact and to be really effective. Andreas Athanasiou and Max Domi have to work off of Patrick Kane and have to be able to capitalize and take advantage of those scoring situations that they're going to be in, especially when defenders are taking away Patrick Kane and, you know, taking their chances with those two guys shooting the puck. Like they got to have that aggressive mentality and it at the net as many times as possible. And Last night, it was just way too evident. I don't want to just throw Athanasio and Domi under the bus because the entire Blackhawks roster was really passive with the puck on their stick. I mean, they had 12 shots on goal in this game last night. Like, it was brutal. And I think only seven of them came in the final 40 minutes. So, yeah, it was just tough to watch. And Luke Richardson, Seth Jones, a lot of guys mentioned, you know, you just got to be more aggressive with the puck on your stick in the offensive zone. And Yeah, it was clear that they were just way too passive last night, and it's hard to win games when he only muster up 12 shots on goal. So not a great look again from the Blackhawks last night. Back-to-back 3-0 shutouts over the weekend, and you can't help but wonder if this is foreshadowing the lack of offense that we could see in the regular season. Obviously, it's going to be different when you have the whole NHL roster together in one lineup, uh, but it certainly hasn't been pretty for the Blackhawks' offense over their last two games as they were shut out on both Saturday and Sunday while only registering 32 shots on goal total in both of those games. The last little tidbit I wanted to mention against Minnesota, uh, unfortunately, like the game on Saturday against Detroit, the Blackhawks came out of this one a little bit banged up as defenseman Caleb Jones was forced to exit the game early with an apparent shoulder injury. And uh, before he went back to the Blackhawks dressing room, camera crew did a really good job of showing him. I didn't see exactly the hit that he took, but you saw him clearly shrugging his shoulder and was in some discomfort on the Blackhawks bench and then just went back to the dressing room uh, while the rest of the game played out. And I really hope, man, that this is nothing serious for Caleb Jones. We didn't have much of an update from head coach Luke Richardson after the game. I think he's undergoing further evaluations and testings, but Just got to hope that this is nothing serious for Caleb Jones because missed the early portion of last season after getting injured in training camp. It was looking like he was going to make the NHL roster out of camp last year. The same is to be said this season. Caleb Jones is expected to be one of those top guys, uh, NHL locks coming out of camp. And, you know, it would just be the most unfortunate thing for him if he's not able to go at the start of the season due to another injury. and. He's someone that I'm really looking forward to seeing this year because he left me with, you know, he he showed some flashes last year. I think he still has to put it all together, but he is someone who is still pretty young into his NHL career in terms of overall games and the experience that he's had. He's still got a ways to go and has some things to grow upon before I think we see the best out of Caleb Jones. And I felt like this year was really going to be a good opportunity for him to showcase that stuff and what he does different than a lot of defensemen that the Blackhawks have in their system right now. So thoughts and prayers out to Caleb Jones. Hopefully this is nothing serious and he won't be forced to miss a ton of time. But if he is, it's going to open things up even more on the defense for the Blackhawks. We know with Jake McCabe, set to miss the start of the regular season, even though he might not miss as much time as we had originally thought, it opened up the door for... Alex Vlasic, Alec Regula, Isaac Phillips, those seem like three guys who are pushing for an NHL roster spot the hardest at this point and have the best chance of actually doing so. And if uh, Caleb Jones is forced to miss the early part of the season, we could see all three actually cracking the Blackhawks opening night roster. So we're going to have to see what happens with Caleb Jones. Knock on wood. Hopefully it's nothing too serious. Uh, But we're going to have to wait and see what Luke Richardson says in the next couple of days. And there could be another spot open on the Blackhawks blue line for the season opener, which is just over a week away. All right, getting into segment three now, before I wrap things up, folks, I also wanted to be sure to talk for a moment about the roster moves that the Blackhawks made this morning, which was sending Kevin Korchinski and Samuel Savoy back to their respected junior clubs. While well, Arvid Soderblom has officially been sent down to the Rockford Ice of the AHL. First for Korchinski, I mean, he did struggle a little bit last night uh, against the Minnesota Wild, but all in all, throughout the preseason, the Tom Curvers prospect showcase development camp, I don't think us fans could be happier with what he did in the past few months. I mean, it seems like every time we saw him, the more and more we saw of him, the more and more impressed everyone has. And His skill set is just undeniable for his age. The skating ability is magnificent. It's honestly, he he might be the best skater I've seen in in quite a while. And I think he's for sure the best skating prospect the Blackhawks have in their system by a landslide. It's, It's really not even close. And by the way, that Frankie Nazar kid, Frank the Tank Baby, he can skate pretty well. But Kevin Korchinski is on a whole different level. And he's just smooth, man. His transition game the way he skates the puck up ice, the way he's able to jump up into the rush and then also get back on defense because of his skating ability. It's incredible, and he's very poised with the puck. He's patient. He doesn't force anything. He makes the right reads. In the offensive zone, he already can skate the blue line. The Blackhawks gave him some power play opportunities, which I'm so happy he got. All in all, I'm, I'm thrilled about Kevin Korchinski, Blackhawks fans, and it honestly looks like if the Hawks needed him to, he could probably get into the NHL. He could probably be in be getting NHL action right now. Obviously, that's not the path Blackhawks are going to take. He's already going back to the Seattle Thunderbirds of the WHL, but I don't think it would be crazy for Kevin Korczynski if he were to finish up his season with Seattle. I wouldn't be stunned to see him get NHL games at the end of this season. We'll have to see how patient the Blackhawks want to be, and of course, there's no rush right now, but Kevin Korczynski was incredible. Nothing short of it. He does have to add some weight and some muscle, but those are things most 18-year-olds have to work on when they're trying to jump up to the next level. He's got some good size. He's six foot two. There's plenty of room to grow in that department. And yeah, I'm super stoked about this kid. We'll have to see when he's going to come back. But again, I wouldn't be surprised if he has an absolute dominant season in the WHL like I expect him to. I wouldn't be surprised if he's back here in March or April getting some NHL looks with the Blackhawks because he was that impressive throughout training camp and the preseason folks. I can't wait to see the next of Kevin Korchinski in a Blackhawks sweater and it should be fun to watch from afar as he should have an absolutely dominant season with the Seattle Thunderbirds of the WHL. And then for Samuel Savoy, much different reason, but I'm still very excited about the future of Savoy. While Korchinski, you know, is a great skater, looks like he's going to be an offensive dynamo defenseman, really wows you with his puck game. And with the way he gets up and down the ice, Savoy, wows me because of how willing he is to just be a pest, just be a thorn in the side of his opponents, to go out there on each and every shift and be an agitator, to be willing to you know throw that extra shoulder into a guy, willing to chirp, willing to mix it up along the benches. Samuel Savoy looks like he genuinely enjoys that each and every night. He always has a massive smile on his face. He's always sticking his tongue out. He's mixing it up, even if it's coming against NHL veterans, and he's only 18, 19 years old. I mean, he is absolutely hilarious. And Blackhawks fans, if he can continue progressing, if you don't know about Samuel Savoy already, you're going to know about him in three to four years if he continues to make the right steps. I don't think offense is ever going to be, you know, the star point of his game. And I don't think that's exactly what you should be watching for as he returns back to the Gatineau Olympiques of the QMJHL. But, you know, if he can just continue rising through the ranks, maybe work on that offense to give himself, you know, another reason why coaching staffs and uh, the Blackhawks should be feeling confident in his progression. He's just going to be so fun if he can get here, if he can get to the NHL, He looks like he's going to be that perfect bottom six guy that you can throw in the lineup. No, he's going to be making an impact in different ways. And the Blackhawks need that. They've been missing guys who can make an impact and provide some energy and provide a spark in other ways than on the offensive side of things, rather than putting up points. Samuel Savoy can impact the game in a lot of different ways, and he has a lot of fun doing it. So I really enjoyed watching this kid the past couple of months. I mean, he went from trying to fight teammates at the Tom Curver's prospect showcase in that development camp and I knew like oh get this guy in game action and he is going to be an absolute goon. And Samuel Savoy did not disappoint in his first showing in the preseason here and uh, he'll also be fun to watch from afar as he returns to the Gatineau Olympiques of the QMJHL. Last Arvid Soderblom was also reassigned to the Rockford IceHogs of the AHL. No real surprise here. While well, Soderblom probably could be the Blackhawks Blackhawks backup this year. The front office really likes what they've seen from him, and they don't want to rush him up to the NHL too fast. And I think that's the right call because he's going to be the guy down in Rockford. He's going to be playing more nights than not. And based on what we saw last year, he has the ability to really help this team and to carry them, hopefully, back to the Calder Cup playoffs. I mean, one of the youngest teams in the AHL last year, they were regularly getting outshot but Soderblom gave them a chance with his performance in net throughout the course of the season. And they're hoping he's going to do the same here in his second year. So hopefully this is going to be a really big year for Soderblom down in Rockford. And and if all goes well and he continues on the path that he's currently on, he should be the backup for the Blackhawks come this time next season. Again, he could probably do that already, but there's no need to rush him. And also Alex Stalock looked pretty darn good in his first start of the preseason as well. So, yeah, that isn't a surprising move. We knew Mrazic and Staylock were going to be the one and two at the NHL level this season. And Arvid Soderblom is going to be the guy down in Rockford, hopefully leading that team to another successful season. And this guy, don't count him out to be the starter of the future for the Chicago Blackhawks because he continues to leave a lasting impression. And uh, it's clear that the front office and the organization really likes what he's done in his short time with the Blackhawks. So. Uh, even though he didn't make the NHL team, that was to be expected. And Arvid Soderblom, I believe, is going to have a really dominant season with the Rockford IceHogs of the AHL. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Monday, October 3rd's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you all again for tuning into the show. And be sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks right now, wherever you get your podcasts and Go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube, and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, you got to be sure to go and check out the Lockdown NHL podcast to get all caught up on everything that went down in the NHL offseason. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to go and check out Lockdown NHL right now wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you all for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And for any questions at all regarding anything related to the show or to the Blackhawks, feel free to email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. That's all one word, LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com, or you could also hit me up on any one of my Twitter accounts. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for tuning into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.